it's time with Bruce Buffer. And now it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We It's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping to the Great Wall of China and back to the streets of Rio Rancho, New Mexico, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but maybe afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time Radio. News, film, TV, President Trump. Politics, UFC, it's sex, drugs, rock and roll, no holes barred radio talk, and we have a hell of a show for you today. We're going to talk about a very serious subject that's coming up. I'm here with my partner, producer, TJ DeSantis. TJ, how are you? I'm good, Buff. TJ, I'm excited about today's show because we're doing a little change here. With all this going on with the coronavirus and the way it's you know dangerously potentially spreading around the world i think we need to educate not just the listeners internationally that we have listening this week but ourselves so i've done some research and i managed to locate a very fine doctor uh through my own personal doctor named dr vicky vinky chadha he is an associate professor of medicine at northwestern university for 23 years and he's just moved his practice out here to los angeles and he is going to give us information educate us and bring us more to light on just how serious which it seems very serious that this coronavirus is. So let's bring on the good doctor without further ado, and let's get into some serious talk that I think our listeners should really pay attention to because it's all about staying healthy, folks. Here we go. It's time for me to record for all the podcast listeners around the world a personalized championship audio or video introduction. Special offers now are available at BruceBuffer.com, plus more personalized audios and videos for all special occasions such as weddings, birthdays, baby births, podcast intros, special business and corporate events, and much more as your wish is my command. Check it out. Let me do them for you. Go to BruceBuffer.com and send in your requests now. And we're back on It's Time Radio. Listen, everybody, one of the biggest concerns in the world right now, and I mean the world, is the coronavirus situation, the epidemic that's taking place that has grown out of Wuhan, China, and one other major city there, spreading all over the world and and, uh, cases being found. What is the severity? Where is this going to go? What does the future hold? I've decided that rather than comment and talk, as we always do, which we will continue to do, the only best way to discuss this is to bring on an expert in viral medicine and in overall outlook on what we can expect. Through my own personal doctor, Dr. Ram Dandelaya, who is one of the top cardiologists or the head cardiologist at Cedars-Sinai, along with all the other work that he does with many people like myself, he has recommended a top, top professional, and we have them on the line right now. Dr. Vinky Chadha. Dr. Chadha, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Very good. Thank you. And I really appreciate your coming on. I've been wanting to get a medical expert on this because every week that this goes on, it's just getting worse and worse. Now, the one question that a lot of people are coming at us with, as citizens of the United States, should we be worried? And can you tell us how this virus started and what you think we need to expect? Yeah, so I think the reality of the situation, um, obviously, if you were living in Wuhan City, your exposure to this virus is excessive, and obviously, anxiety levels would be maxed. But in the United States currently, the exposure is, is, is low. In fact, we've only had 13 confirmed cases in the United States, and only six states, and, and about 400 patients currently are under investigation for coronavirus. So currently, I think in the United States, Things are under control. Now, these numbers are going to grow, so our job is how can we keep it from getting out of control? As you know, um, as many of your uh, listeners probably know, that this um, virus started in, a, uh, in, in an area of China where they had a lot of animals. And the initial... Uh, transmission was likely from animal to patient. 
And subsequently now, the virus has evolved to have person-to-person transmission. So, you know, it's our job now to try to keep it from getting out of control in the United States. So there's, there's several things that we can do and our government can do. Um, but we can expound on that uh, after I hear some more of your questions. Sure. Okay. So with that being the case now, China has resorted to the fact that they've closed, or Russia has closed, and China have closed, the border, the entire border between Russia and China has closed. I think all commercial flights in and out of China, if I'm not incorrect, have been stopped. Um, Let's take an example of the fact that, A, people should consistently wash their hands, and more than ever now. Would you say that? I mean, that's always been the biggest protection against a virus. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. Washing hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Um, I think is advised. You know, any time that you have the opportunity to wash your hands right now, I think it's a reasonable thing to do. And also, too, one of the reasons for viruses being transmitted, which a lot of people aren't aware of, is when you touch something, let's say a public transport system, as has been shown in movies, you know, where you just grab the rail that everybody grabbed, somebody had the virus, they grabbed it, and then in turn you take your hand and you touch it to your eye, your finger or your hand to your eye or your mouth. Is that pretty common, the transmission that occurs, aside from maybe also a handshake with a human that's infected? Can that do it too? Well, with coronavirus, what we know now is it's probably spread person to person through respiratory droplets within a six-foot area. So let's say you hear a person coughing um, in the back of the plane, for example. That person is probably, that virus is probably not going to be able to jump all the way up from the 20th row to the, to the third row. Uh, of your plane. So currently it's respiratory droplets. Now there is uncertainty on whether you can get it from, you know, touching. Uh Oh, Oh, doctor, we lost you there. Point that there is like you're touching something else. Um, it's very, uh, then wash your hands. Okay, Doctor, we lost you there for a second. I don't know if you're walking around a certain area, but we lost you. Uh, when you said touch it, we lost you after that. Oh, sorry about that. So uh, what I said was that at this point, we're uncertain about whether coronavirus can be transmitted from touching a surface. Let's say someone who had coronavirus touched that surface, and then you come in there later, touch the surface, and go to your nose or mouth or eyes. There's a little uncertainty about that, but... Why would you take that uncertainty? If you do touch something, go and wash your hands again for that 20-second period. Certainly, exactly. it's respiratory droplets for sure. Right. Uncertainty about whether you touch an object and then touch your face, etc. Gotcha. Well, on a selfish note for myself, because I travel and I fly around the world so much, Gosh. I'm happy to hear what you said because I'm lucky enough to sit in the business class cabin on international flights, so I'm not going to worry if I hear coughing at the back of the plane, you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's one down. <laughs> that's one down. <laughs> yeah, that's um, good. That's good. And another thing that um, people are not aware of is when they hear coronavirus, a lot of people, including myself, when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, my gosh, a new virus. Well, it is a new virus, but there are more than one coronaviruses, and they're not all deadly because the SARS virus was actually a form, if I'm correct, of the coronavirus. Is that true? That is correct. That is correct. SARS and the MERS virus were both – their lethality, that means that when patients got the, that illness, the percentage of death was increased compared to coronavirus. In coronavirus, the lethality is thought to be around 2 to 3%. So out of 50 patients that get coronavirus, one will die. Now, I think it's probably less than that because the reason is that we're probably not getting everybody. Everybody who gets exposed to the coronavirus and gets infected may have a wide continuum of symptoms. Some may have no symptoms, some may have a mild cough, and some people may have cough with pneumonia and respiratory failure. So there's probably a several number of patients that we're not getting because they're not having that many symptoms. So the lethality of coronavirus compared to those other viruses, those other coronaviruses you, you mentioned, is a little bit lower. Now, to put it into perspective, the lethality of influenza is only about 0.1%. Now, that goes all 
that goes all back to exposure and volume. There's 50,000 deaths a year from the flu, but, but the lethality is significantly lower. There's a lot of flu. Only a small percentage die. Right now, with coronavirus, it's about 2 to 3% that, um, who develop it die. Well, 2 to 3% sounds small, but in the reality of the people infected, it's actually quite large. They say now that um, the coronavirus, and of course it changes every day, is mostly affecting the majority of, of people who are over the age of 40 and the elderly who get ver- hit very hard. This is basically when they determined the other day that 43,100 people have, have been infected with the virus so far. And the coronavirus seems to be sparing one group of people, this article I read said, which is kids. Is that true? Yeah, so anybody with what we call a comorbidity, and comorbidity could be significant age, could be a history of cancer, could be a history of severe cardiovascular disease or lung disease, those patients are not going to do as well. Kids generally do very well with the coronavirus. They may be exposed, but they are going to have a milder form of illness, and they're going to do much better. So people with the so-called comorbidities, age, cardiovascular disease, severe lung disease, cancers, other immune deficiencies, those patients are going to be at more risk for severity of the illness. Gotcha. Now, the numbers are growing on a daily basis. There's been talk that, you know, with the government in China that they are not telling the actual statistics. I was with a couple of people from mainland China when I was in Houston last week who were visiting from the country, and um, they told me that their own country, they believe, is lying to their own people. They feel the numbers are much higher. Um, There's also an article that came out yesterday that uh, there's a death smog now that's appearing over the city of Wuhan and um, the other city. I'm sorry, I forget the name. Oh, Changquin the two cities mm-hmm. most affected by the Wuhan virus. And there's a cloud that's running of sulfur dioxide being released in the air. And the reason for that is, they're claiming, is because the crematoriums, crematoriums mm-hmm. are running 24-7 and they're burning thousands of infected dead bodies in a day. So that's crazy. This, this sounds yeah. like a movie, like 28 days or something, you know, that, that we've yeah. seen happen. Yeah, that's hard to know what the actual truth is behind that. You know, they're saying 40,000 cases, 1,000 deaths. It's hard to break in and get actually what the real numbers are. I would imagine that's a little bit of fake news. I don't know that for a fact, but um, it's hard to, for me to comment on that. I understand. I understand. But it's kind of believable when we look at everything else going on. I, I, I mean, my gut tells me we're not getting the full numbers from there. Sure, we're safe I over here. That. I believe yeah. that the, the numbers are probably not accurate. Yes. Yeah, I do. I definitely do believe it. No question. Yeah. Um, the Chinese billionaire, Yu Wengi, is from China. He claims that the casualties are well over 50,000. But anybody can say anything. The bottom line is facts yeah. are facts and opinions are opinions. So now right. let's talk recreationally. Obviously, even me working with the UFC, we had shows planned there. Those aren't happening right now. Uh, people are not going into China. Um Cruise ships, like the one that's in Japan, where Americans right. are on, some 64 Americans infected. Uh, would you actually go on a cruise ship today? Knowing, I mean, how do you feel, knowing as a doctor you are, how viruses can shake hands and change hands? Do you like being where you're contained in one area with a whole bunch of people for a week at a time, such as a cruise ship, as wonderful as a cruise ship can be? Yeah, no, I think that you're making the point that I think any any kind of situation like that where you have multiple people from multiple different areas, uh, confined, and uh, the exposure, if one person gets ill with the coronavirus in that tight area, um, that could lead to disaster. So at this point, I would say, yeah, I would try to avoid any of those things until things have settled down. And certainly, is this the tip of the iceberg thus far? Or is it going to be, are we coming to its conclusion? I think we're, we're falling on the side of tip of the iceberg yet. So, yes, the answer to that would be I would not uh, probably venture on something like that right now. And what about this talk of masks? The masks they wear, obviously, there's being a run on masks. The scammers are out there trying to get masks to China, make money. You know, everybody's going to try and jump and make money. At the same time, try and help. Is a mask really helpful? I'm hearing yeses and noes. Yeah, you know, 
right now, the person who is ill, the CDC is recommending the person who is ill to wear the mask. So if we have, let's say we have a patient that is ill in the U.S. and had exposure somehow to the virus, we need to quarantine that patient, whether in their own home if they have mild illness or if they are sick enough to come to a clinic or a hospital, they need to be quarantined at that time. They need to, a mask needs to be placed on them, and um, then testing needs to be done. So the mask is probably most beneficial to society by the person who is sick wearing the mask. Most gotcha. of these masks are probably inadequate to keep the virus out. Um, so the answer to that question is the sick individual should be wearing the mask. Others, the benefit there is not clear. I, I don't think it's mandatory that a mask would be of any benefit. But and right now, right, I'm sorry. Person, avo- I'm, I'm sorry. Avoidance of the sick person would be the thing that I would recommend. So the person that's sick should be the one wearing the mask is what you're saying. That's correct. That's to prevent correct. from spreading. Okay, got that. Now, if you're elderly, like, for instance, my mother, who's 91 years old, we are in America now and we're at the height or in the middle of flu season, I understand. This is, this is yeah. flu season. Is that correct? So yeah. you're out. You Let's put yourself in my position. You want to take your mom out. You want to go enjoy a dinner. You want to go do whatever. I mean, is it is it a matter of being safe and locking yourself in your house until the season's over, or you just go out and take precautions, or you just avoid populated areas, as well as doctor's offices, if you can, going in for a checkup? Yeah, so you're specifically, Bruce, you're talking about influenza right now or coronavirus or both? I'm talking about influenza, just the, the, it's the ba- which influenza can kill. We've already covered that. Even Dr. Yeah. Ramdalaya, you know, said you still have to be careful. So just talking for people in general out there right now with the flu uh, with the flu season upon us? So the number one thing would be for all individuals, specifically your mom, to get the influenza high-dose vaccine for her. Now, you should also, to protect your mom, also get the influenza vaccine. And so, I mean, the idea, one thing about uh, that we should gain from all of this is that influenza needs to be rebranded, I think, in this country, because we take it a little bit for granted. But the whole idea about vaccination is herd immunity. As much as we can get everybody to buy in to get the vaccine, we should do. Because now, Bruce, you're healthy. I'm healthy. If I got the flu, I would probably survive. We talked about the low lethality rate. But mm-hmm. if I get the flu and I'm out and about and I, give your, I'm, I meet your mom and I give her the flu, now we've created a bigger problem. So the number one thing I want to say about this is Let's get everybody vaccinated for the flu. Now, gotcha. number two, the same thing. I want you to go out with your mom and enjoy. So the number, the, the things that you need to do are obviously avoid sick patients, sick people as much as you can, and the people who are sick should avoid going out as much as they can. Washing the hands with soap and water um, as much as you can. Um, those are the things I think you should do. I think taking your mom out. At this point, there's always some risk, right, in life. But I think yeah. the benefits of going out with your mom, enjoying with your mom, her enjoying, outweigh the risk. The one thing I would say is try to get everybody who's close to your mom and involved with your mom to have the flu vaccine. Gotcha. I fully agree with that, too. Uh, TJ, you have any questions for the good doctor? Yeah, I mean, I'm writing everything down right now uh, to make sure that I, I – you know, know as, as much as I can about this because it, it's terrifying. But at the same time, like you don't want to live inside of a bubble and, and slow down and, and stop your life. One thing, doctor, that I'm sort of curious on, and I've heard a lot of people argue, you know, for and against uh, vaccinations. But one thing that I think you can probably uh, tell me, and, and I think we all can agree on, just because you do get the flu shot does not mean you are 100 percent uh, immune to the flu. I think there's a, a percentage. Do you know it off the top of your head of of what the vaccine uh, rate is on actually like lowering your chances of getting influenza? You know, it changes every year. You're right, though. It's not a perfect vaccine. Many people who get the vaccine get the flu, but it reduces your risk. I would say probably around sixty percent. Yeah, I believe um, that's the and, number that I've heard it, too. Yeah, and it may it may reduce the severity of your illness as well. Hmm. Um, so it's possible to so get the flu to where your body understands it more and, and is effectively 
uh, able to, you know, get past the illness quicker than if you didn't have the, the flu shot? It's possible that you get a milder illness. Got it. It's possible that you get a milder illness if you get the flu shot. Huh. That's the way I've always understood it. I get the flu shot, too, because I travel around the world, as you, as you know, doctor. Uh, yes. It's all the time, you know, many, many international trips. I don't want to get paranoid about it. I just want to take care of myself. I'll wash my hands incessantly. One question I have, and I already know the answer, but I just have to ask it. When I'm at a UFC and I have multitudes of UFC fans coming up to me wanting to shake my hand, you yeah. know, get near me, and I'm, I'm, I don't know where they're from. Like I'm going to Auckland, New Zealand next week, okay, which yeah. is, you know, close proximity to the problematic area to a degree, to a degree. Do you recommend just the fist bump, avoid shaking hands? I will wash like crazy, but just I, I think shaking hands has kind of become a lost art when I'm at the shows for reasons of yeah. what we're discussing. You know, you're in a tricky position because you're also entertaining and and you're meeting and um, you want to be close to the fans. You know, you want to get involved. So if you whatever you decide to do, you know, whether it's the fist bump, which probably has a little bit less. Uh, concern or the handshake, maybe even having those, you know, the Purell type of uh, formulations in your pocket, those ones you want are with at least 60% alcohol in them so that you can quickly wash your hands when you can't get to the washroom as much as you can, you know, but obviously trying to wash your hands after as many exposures as you can, it's difficult, but maybe having that Purell, the little Purells with 60% alcohol, uh, formulation, having that in your pocket so you can quickly go to that after you are meeting the fans. And is it a matter of like, you know, some people are chronic cleaners of their hands, whatever, but in this day and age, it's like if you, what you're basically saying, what I'm hearing is I shake a hand, I need to put Purell on it. It's like I should be, I could be Purelling every 15 minutes <laughs> throughout the yeah. evening, but it's pretty much what it's come to, hasn't it? Well, I think that that's, you know, I think that that is a very reasonable option for you. Do. Yes. Um, winter tends to be the, the time of increased uh, viruses because of the supposed um, uh, cooler temperatures and drier air. The virus can is more likely to, to transmit. So maybe in the summer you're a little bit more casual. But I think having the Purell in the pocket is a very reasonable option for you to do. I mean... You can. You never know what's going to happen next. With what you know, all these different. This is a novel virus. Um, yep. I do think it's a reasonable thing for you to have in your pocket. I'll be packing it in my pocket. I'm starting to feel like Howard Hughes as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> you know what a germaphobe he became towards the end. Yeah. For God's yes, sakes. Yes. L- l- <laughs> let me let me ask you this. Obviously, we're talking about you know just simple tips to avoid getting sick. But what about from like a dietary standpoint? I know that a lot of people. Uh, you know, like to believe that if they do high doses of vitamin C, it, you know, raises their immune system to certain, you know, cold uh, viruses, things like that. Is there anything that you would recommend, Doc, to, you know, sort of prepare your body to, you know, be running on, on all cylinders to fight off illness? Well, I would say this. I would say nutrition, um, exercise, and then seven to eight hours of sleep a night are, the, are three very important pillars for health. Um, there's some role of fasting that may help the immune system and your body. Huh. You know, this is still all being worked out. We don't know the right dose of fasting, um, but there may be a role of fasting in preventing chronic illness and hard to know if it boosts your immune system. This is all theoretical. So please don't, <laughs> don't quote me on this as fact. But I think fasting will be a very powerful pill in the future to prevent chronic illness. Um, but exercise, sleep, nutrition, with some fasting potential. Now, as far as drugs are concerned, zinc has been used in a number of trials. When someone is about has been exposed or is concerned about getting the early illness of a cold, for example, zinc has been shown to maybe reduce that chance of getting sick. Now, you have to balance it with the zinc side effects. So, most so, people do not Wait a second, Doc. Wait a second, Doc. Zinc. Yeah, yeah, zinc side effects. Please elaborate on that one. So, zinc side effects, you know, I have to take a look at them all, but I think our GI, uh, nausea, 
uh, loss of appetite. I have to go back and look at all of them. But mm-hmm. zinc has been used in a bunch of medical trials showing there might be a benefit. But overall, the thought is that the balance, the benefits and the risks really are, are equalized. So it's, it's an independent uh, decision that could be made by each individual about the use of zinc when a cold is about to begin. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I know zinc is good for a man's sex life, so it helps prevent the flu. I get a double standard there. So it's all good. (laughs) (laughs) Two for one. Two for one. Exactly. Love when it happens. All right. Now I have to, I have to get away from the factual side of life that we're into and think about the futuristic uh, side of life. And what I mean by that is doctor in my lifetime, I've watched Buck Rogers shows when I was a kid, suddenly all that's coming true flying, space travel, whatever. Um, We watch the Jetsons. Pretty much everything in the Jetsons has come true except for the eventual onslaught of flying cars. You see movies like 28 Days where populace has disappeared due to widespread epidemics like we're discussing, and you're out there searching for, you know, other human beings to communicate with, much less the zombie movies that we see. And we, we touch on this in It's Time Radio once in a while. Out of all the horror films, that could come true monster wise and everything. I don't know why, for some reason I think zombies could come true in the future. Maybe not to the level we see in the things, but just bodies being affected, you know, people walking around not knowing where they're at as a, as a medical expert. I mean, is that far fetched? And I know I don't want you to say anything crazy, but I mean, what do you think the future holds with all this, with, with this onslaught that we're seeing of, of disease and, and things happening as, as, as the years go on. I mean, before you answer this doc, Bruce, did you just ask a doctor if zombies could become real? Flesh-eating, well, brain-eating <laughs> zombies? <laughs> yeah, I know. I said in some way, shape, or form being affected by whatever they're affected by. You know, you could have people walking around in a state. They don't know where they're at. They're so affected. Oh, man. I told you I'm being a little funny All right. here. Hey, hey, I'm doc, being a little doc, funny here. Doc, but you know, I, I, I promise we don't need to recommend Bruce for a psych ward. I promise. <laughs> doc, you understand where I'm coming. I'm being a little funny, but I I'm trying to make understand. a point. Yeah. I understand. Zombies, I cannot comment on. I would have to guess that that's less likely. Um, Thank you. I'm I'm very happy to hear that. I do think that there will be a time where a virus can take out a significant portion of our population. That's how I see. I'm not saying that that's going to happen anytime soon. Right. But I do worry about viruses and taking out a significant part of our population. Not to the degree of that movie, Contagion. Um, I don't know if you remember why we were watching that oh, movie. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's kind of what, you know, that started in a similar fashion in that movie. And it, obviously that epidemic killed millions and millions and millions. I'm hopeful, though. What we need to do is government quarantine powers need to be aggressively enforced right now, especially for these kind of things. Right. If we have the inkling of a virus like coronavirus or another one down the road, governmental quarantine powers need to be aggressively enforced. And, and that's a little concerning because not all countries are going to have the same organization that a United States might have about mm-hmm. getting everybody organized to say, hey, all right, let's, this is what we're going to do. So those things, I think, need to be enforced. And then the individual needs to be responsible if, specifically in this case, the corona or another virus in the future, the individual has to take responsibility. If you are at risk, if you are in an exposed area and you get sick, you need to be smart about, mm-hmm. hey, okay, I am a potential source for a big problem. So what am I going to do? So I'm mm-hmm. going to call my doctor, and my doctor is going to help me organize my thoughts and tell me what to do. Or if I'm that sick, and I need to go to the emergency room, I'm going to inform that institution, that office, what is going on, where I've been. Because the individual can make a big, someone who's lackadaisical about this could create havoc. Mm-hmm. So as far as the future is concerned, I do worry about these things. Zombies, maybe. Okay, Bruce, I'll say maybe. How's that? Um, <laughs> I'll take but, it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I do worry, and I think government, this, I'm a laissez-faire kind of individual about government, but in this case, I'm saying government, go at it. Right. Make things happen. And then the individual 
have to be very thoughtful and smart and, and get their doctor involved early to help them make the right decisions and avoid people. You know, one thing that I think we're overlooking here is there's a cure for zombies, and it's, uh, it's caffeine. Because I wake up a zombie every day, <laughs> and about 15 minutes in, I'm, I'm starting to get better. I thought you were going to say a bullet to the head, but I'll take no, a cup no. of coffee. Yeah. yeah, a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. That maybe we do that to the zombies. We give them some coffee, and things will work out. Yeah, everything will be better. Uh, something better than yeah. Starbucks, please. Okay, got it. <laughs> so there goes doc- that sponsorship. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Um, Doctor Chad, you you've been a professor of medicine at Northwestern University um, for 23 years. You just recently came to LA from Chicago, and congratulations on that big move. So please tell our audience. You know, we we are a podcast based in LA. Our listener base is international, but there's many people here in LA. Um, tell us where you're practicing, what your practice is, and if you have social media, could you please inform us of that also? Sure, sure. So. Yeah, I was an academic professor for 23 years in Chicago. I went to undergrad there, and then I went to med school there, and then I did my residency there, and then I stayed on faculty for 23 years. So I was, like, on that campus for more than 30 years. And in that role there, I learned a lot. So I I did inpatient medicine, so I had very sick patients, and I trained residents and students. And I did outpatient medicine where I saw my own patients, and about 25% of my my um, work there was education, teaching the junior medical students and the residents. It was really a great place for me to learn and really get exposure to a lot of different things. When I decided to come to L.A., I said, you know what, I learned a lot, but I think there's a lot of, a lot of issues with being in an um, academic center or, or corporate-like medicine. Mm-hmm. You don't, you're told what to do. And over the 20-some years that I've been a doctor, I've learned that I think I know what is more important for patients than sometimes the checklist that we're asked to do. So when I came here, I decided I'm going to open my own practice. I do a concierge practice. I go to people's homes. I see them in their offices. I see them in my offices where I can give them more time, but also tell them what I've learned about over the years that is really going to benefit you more than just checking off colonoscopy, your mammogram, your blood mm-hmm. test, but actually trying to coach them to better health. So my office is, um, I share with Rom. Rom has been gracious enough to let me uh, lease from them. It's on 150 North Robertson Boulevard on Wilshire and Robertson. Um, in, Be- in Beverly Hills. In Beverly Hills. So, yeah, no, I, it's been a great transition for me. I'm really starting to love L.A., especially the weather. The wind chills here are a little bit better than Chicago. Yeah, um, that's for sure. <laughs> but um, that's about it. That's my practice. No, that's great because uh, Dr. Rahm is my personal doctor, um, along with others that I know. Uh, he's, in, he's incredible. I, I do have the concierge service. You can't beat it for those that can afford it. It's, it's the best. Um, and, but, you know, even if you don't have that, to go see you and to see that office is such an amazing place. When I had my checkup there recently, they just have their hands on everything. And Dr. Rahm, of course, is the head of cardiology at Cedars-Sinai. What better doctor to have in your back, in your back pocket, you know? Oh, he's it terrific. works out great. He's absolutely yeah. terrific. Yeah, he is terrific. And I wish you all the best with that. So everybody, again, um, uh, do, you have a, do you have a social media? Do you have an Instagram or a Twitter I do do not have Instagram. I don't. I rarely get on Twitter. I think that's it's okay. Binky Chatta. I think I think my Twitter account is at Binky Chatta. I think I have nine followers, and I think three <laughs> are my family members. So, um, well, I highly recommend your your office there. So, what is the what is the proper name of the office if somebody wanted to call up and 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 come see and take on a new doctor? Um, well, they, they can. Um, mine is a Chatta MD and Associates. And they can they can always give me I can give you my number uh, off air or do you want me to give it on air I, they can call me anytime. Uh, TJ, what do you think? Well, I mean, it's up to him if he wants random people calling him that listen to this radio show. <laughs> I think you're pretty safe. I think you know. People, I think you're people, pretty safe. Yeah. I think you're pretty. If okay. you want to throw out if you want to throw out your office number, that's fine. Again, it's Doctor Vinky Chadha, which is spelled C H A D H A. So correct. if you want to if you want to give your office number, please do. Sure, it's 310-740-2970. There you go, folks. 
Uh, this is the doctor medical office that I use. If you like what I do in life, I always try to have the best back me up to keep me the best. And I've had nothing but great experiences. And luckily, I do not get sick. And I should knock on wood by saying that because who knows what's going to happen next week now that I said it. But it's all good. You keep me healthy, Doc. That whole office keeps me healthy, and I love it. But it does take a lot of Thanks, personal man. effort on one's place. You, it's not just a doctor keeping you healthy. You have to do what it takes, eating you right, really sleeping right, doing everything you've heard from the fine Dr. Chadra on our show, Chadra on our show today. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks, TJ. Oh, our pleasure. Thank you, sir. Thank you All so right, much, doctor. Care, I'll look forward to meeting you next time I'm over to see Dr. Ron. Absolutely. Bye, Bruce. Thank you, sir. Take care. Well, there we go. We've uh, sure. solved the zombie epidemic. Yeah, it's a maybe. Yeah, and <laughs> <a> maybe. <laughs> uh, and we know how to, you know, try to stay as healthy as possible now. Well, you know, what it comes down to, TJ, it's like I said, it's almost like being a germaphobe. You know, people used to laugh about it. I used to laugh about it, but I've got to. I mean, just after the show last Saturday, all I mean, I was, you know, washing hands, and you got to do what you got to do. You got to be safe. You got to be careful. You know, I kind of thought, why are we talking to a doctor on its time today? And then... I really, I mean, A, I got into the, the conversation and really thoroughly enjoyed it. But B, Bruce, I'm so excited to be on a podcast that isn't talking about the state of judging in mixed martial arts. Oh, I think my it's, God. I know. it's You know, we're going to go on and go into that. You know, you want to touch on that now? I mean, we might as well. It's really uh, where the, the heartbeat of MMA is right now. But, I, I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the, the small break you gave me from it. Oh, no, it was, it was wonderful having him on. So informative. You know, it's just, it's, it's great. I loved it. Um, and again, I want to thank my Dr. Ram, who was going to come on, but he had to fly over to Saudi Arabia for one of his clients in an emergency situ situation to go take care of things. He's a very fine doctor. <laughs> if you're going to go well, to Saudi Arabia, yeah, you can imagine. <laughs> you're making house calls to, to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Damn, son. <laughs> the Sheikh sends the private jet. What can I tell you? Yeah, I mean, get on that thing. Make the money. Exactly. All right, let's touch on UFC. Um, I think everybody should digest, first off, what we just discussed. There are a lot of basic points you might think you already knew. But I think one of the key factors here is just how serious is the coronavirus in the United States today. And obviously, if the good doctor pointed out, it is not serious. But it can turn at a moment's notice. So we have to do what we have to do to keep ourselves safe. Right, TJ? Is that how you put it? Oh, 100%. I mean, this is something that, like, the last thing you want to do is be nonchalant about it. And then all of a sudden it's a big deal because it's, it's one of those things where it's like, if it happens, it doesn't matter when it's probably too late. If you disregarded it, you know what I mean? Exactly. And, uh, it's just a matter of being aware and taking care of yourself. Follow the good points. The good doctor made, and we talked about, and, um, I'm going to sit back and listen to this a couple of times. Found it very, very interesting. But yeah, you know what, the other key thing, what about it? what he said? He, he said, cruise ships, forget it. Basically what he said. Yeah. You know? I mean, well, I feel that way even when there isn't a virus going around like this. I just, when you're in a small space with people for prolonged periods of time, like, I've just heard way too many horror stories about everyone getting sick, even if it's not a virus on a cruise, just food poisoning. Everyone ate the same food and half the ship got ill. Yeah, not a good TJ, time. TJ, in the last year, I have seen more bad news stories of situations and, and medical incidents occurring on cruise ships than I've ever read in my entire life. I don't know if that has to do with what's going on these days or just whatever, but I, as much as they're incredible right. and people have great times, I'm just not motivated to go on a cruise I'm ship. not, no. I mean, and it's not like they're significantly cheaper than going somewhere on a normal no. vacation. You know what I mean? Expensive. Like, they're expensive. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would much rather, if I'm going to spend the money to get away from the world, uh, to sort of live things on my own terms, and how free can you really be when you're in a boat? I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a nice boat, but how free can you really be when you're in a boat? Let me have my surfboard and jump off that boat and catch some waves. All good. Yeah, good luck getting back on. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, it's a good surf spot. I'll just go hang on the island. Okay, fantasies are being fulfilled and thought about. Let's get into UFC 247, okay? The show at Houston sold out at the Toyota Center. Set a record for ticket sales at the Toyota Center, from what I understand. Uh, celebrity packed, Halle Berry there. Um, of course, she's worked with Valentina Shevchenko, who has been training her and appears with her in her upcoming film, which involves MMA fighting uh, called Bruised. 
Uh, very excited to see that. I hear Halle Berry at 53 years old is just doing an amazing job. And after watching her in John Wick 3, I can't imagine anything less than such. Uh, the Houston Texans turned out. J.J. Watt was there. Pretty Pretty, pretty cool guy. Really nice guy. Having raised some $36 million for relief in Katrina, uh, that's a fine individual there. Deshaun Johnson, others, all having a blast watching the fights. We watched the fights. Those of you that did, those of you that don't, we'll give you a little talk about it. I want to point out that I was very happy to see that the fight um, with um, Kraus, uh, Kraus, when he fought the man that came in on one day's notice, TJ? Yeah. Right? Yep. He wins a bonus. It was definitely an amazing fight. He comes in. What a stud. What a stud to come in like that. Of course, Valentina Shevchenko and uh, Caitlin Chukigian. Um, I want to make an apology, too. I think I mispronounced Caitlin's first name during my announcement, maybe through my excitement. I dearly apologize for that. She's been on our show. She's such a fine fighter. She, she went in there. Valentina is like a hit woman, TJ. My, she's a beast. Yeah, she's no. a she's a beautiful beast, an amazing martial artist. Uh, she's she's incredible. Yeah, and 100%. I, how can you not love her little victory dance? I I it's it, it's it's just I don't know how to term it. It's so cool. Uh, it's I don't know if adorable is the word when you're talking about a fighter, but it, it's just it's just so cool. She's so she's so passionate about being a fighter in the UFC and being a champion. It shows. Do you is there who out there is going to give her a go for her money, TJ? At one twenty five, I I mean I don't know. It, incredibly she, difficult. She's talking about JoJo Calderwood potentially on the next go. I mean, she's a fantastic fighter. I yes. would love to see that fight. But, yes. I mean, uh, right now at 125, it's Valentina's world and everyone's living in it. This is true. Derek Lewis, uh, Lear Latifi. Derek showing his ability to throw those flying knees. Uh, still one of the funniest men in the game. Um, obviously, Derek came out on top. We all know that. But let's go into the main event. Okay, John Jones, Dominic Reyes. I thought this was going to be one of the toughest, if not the toughest opponent for John Jones, who has shown in the past with tall, long opponents like himself, such as Gustafson, that they create issues for him. And Dominic Reyes being what most people consider a better striker than Jones, he proved it during this five-round fight. One judge, we've all heard about the judging, gave John four, one, four, or excuse me, four to one on his card. Um, the Texas judge that was there, a lot of people upset about that. Jones coming out on top with the uh, decision, on um, the split decision. I thought Reyes did a great job. Uh, I would have liked to see him turn two, uh, whether it was exhaustion or whatever, a little more in that fifth round to, to try and dominate for himself. Jones, John came out on top. I think he has the most wins in the UFC now. Uh, TJ, I think it would be great to see a rematch between these two. How do you feel about that? Um, I don't want to see a rematch. You don't want to see a rematch. No, I think it's time for John Jones to move up to heavyweight challenge really? there. Um, I think Dominic Reyes won this fight on Saturday night. I think he should be treated as such, meaning that his next, alone. that his next fight should be for a title against whoever wins, uh, the upcoming fight between, uh, Anderson and Blahovich coming up, um, this Saturday night. And, uh, you know, a year from now, if John Jones is uh, not enjoying heavyweight or is doing well there and would like to come back down and, and vie for, you know, whoever is holding the 205-pound title, whether it be interim or otherwise, um, I, I'd like to see that. But uh, I think Dominic Reyes won this fight on Saturday night. I thought it was fairly clear and evident, and uh, I think we should proceed as such, and John Jones can move up to heavyweight. So... The fight that's happening on Saturday night is not a championship fight, is it? It is not, no. Yeah, I will not be announcing um, this uh, this weekend. I will not be there. Uh, so you're saying whoever wins this fight, that's who you think should be the next opponent for Reyes, and that could be determining a championship, or who's going to fight John next for the championship? No, I think that should be for a title. Um, I'm saying John should move up to heavyweight. If, and relinquish the light heavyweight belt? Or not. You know, let's just have a plan uh -huh. that John is going to be fighting at heavyweight for the better part of a year, and... Uh, you know, put put the belt on the line, whether it be interim or the undisputed, depending on what you want to do with John. Um, put that belt on the line between uh, the winner of Anderson and Blahovich against uh, Dominic Reyes. I see what you're saying, but do you think John really wants to go to heavyweight? Um, I don't know. It's a question for John, but I just don't see a lot of interesting narratives uh, for him at 205 pounds outside of a rematch with Dominic Reyes, and I don't think one fight is really uh, a good enough sort of uh, reason to keep 
John at 205 pounds. I mean, a lot of people were talking about if he beats Dominic Reyes, that there's nothing left for him at 205. He should move up. Um, he won. And I understand that there are some, you know, interesting opinions and, and some ideas on what exactly, you know, transpired on Saturday night. But uh, I think we should proceed as there isn't a lot for John Jones at light heavyweight. Because that's the thing. What does he do? He, he rematches Dominic Reyes. If he somehow gets the win, now we've destroyed the idea that Dominic Reyes is, uh, you know, anywhere near title contention in the next, you know, year or two. Um, and that's not fair because in my opinion and in most people's opinions, if you were to fight John Jones and lose, uh, he's really only lost one fight. You know what I mean? Out mm -hmm. of his last two, he would have only lost one fight. Um, I think that there's a lot more thirst for John uh, at heavyweight than there is light heavyweight. And we should just take, you know, the, the result for what it is and uh, proceed as John Jones uh, defeated Dominic Reyes. Uh, we're going to make it right by having Dominic Reyes fight uh, for for a title next time out, and John Jones can try to go truly become the greatest of all time uh, by running, you know, through the heavyweight division. Yeah, I could fly with that if it happens. I I have it's no problem. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. If John doesn't well, want to do it, to, I, I mean, Dana too. Right, yeah, right. But if John. John doesn't want to move up, like we shouldn't force him. But I, I'm guessing that John probably is looking for um, some new challenges. Yeah, well, new challenges are always great for people that are great. I mean, because that's what makes them great. They're up for the new challenges. So we'll see what happens on that. It was a hell of a fight. Afterwards, John was iced up around both shins. Uh, they were pretty much carrying Dominic uh, through the back there. You know, he they were hurt. I mean, they they went at it. You know, it's it's it's. I, I'm just blown away. I have so much respect for these fighters. I can't begin to tell you. Yeah. I know you do, too. I know I'm talking for both of us. It It, it was awesome. All right. Well, we're getting into next week. That'll be uh, next Saturday. That's uh, ESPN Plus show. I will be in Auckland, New Zealand uh, the week following. Really looking forward to that. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Paul Felder, the first main event, right? Uh, for him, yep. Yeah. Amazing. Let's see what happens. I'm a, you know, we, we're both fans of Felder. I'm speaking for you, of course. I just, I, I just, I enjoy his fighting. I like the man and, uh, First main event, five-round fight. We had him on the show. You can listen to it from a couple weeks ago if you want to hear his opinions and what he has coming up. Now, the last thing I want to comment on in the UFC world or the world of MMA is what, what is this I'm hearing? That Habib has potentially been offered $100 million to fight Conor again, but he's not interested. Is that the word, or is this just scuttlebutt that's out there? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't believe any of that crap. I mean, who's going to say no to $100 million? <laughs> I mean, personally, I kind of hope he does because I don't want to see that fight again. I think a lot of people don't want to see it. Yeah, there's you no know. reason. But uh, I'm not no. going to be mad at somebody's making $100 million. No, I wish they all did, <laughs> quite frankly. Right. So yeah. it's all good. You know, I got no problem with that either. Mm -hmm. All right. <clears throat> That's our UFC world coming off a great show. I think Saturday is going to be a heck of a show, and I'm really looking forward to Auckland. We will discuss that before I leave next week on our next uh, segment of It's Time Radio. Let's go in a little bit of the news. You ready, TJ? Always. Okay. Global warming. Do you believe it or do you not? Well, you know what? Maybe you better. The Antarctica just registered its hottest temperature ever. Ever. The temperature was nearly 65 degrees Fahrenheit mm -hmm. in Antarctica. <laughs> Well, what I mean in relation, how much is that more than the previous record? Because um, I mean, I, like, unless you have the previous record, I can't tell if that is abnormal. Uh, the temperatures have risen five point four degrees Fahrenheit, three degrees Celsius in just the last fifty years. It says. I mean, so maybe it's just so a that's couple the of degrees. So that's the median. Temperature that is raised yeah, through. You know what? I can't answer that, TJ, because the information I'm receiving. Oh, here we go. That surpassed a previous record of 63.5 degrees set in March 2015. So, in the last three years, what you're looking at is an increase of 1.5 degrees. I mean, that's not much. It's not much, but I think when it comes to the area we're discussing, it's a lot. Maybe. You know. I mean, maybe. So, I don't know. We're. I mean, we're talking about Antarctica in the summer. Yeah. Well. Neither of us are experts on this. I should have had a little more information, but okay. The temperature went up 1.5 degrees in Antarctica. <laughs> we don't want it to go up. We want it to go down a little bit. Right. Uh, there's two new state laws that have been uh, uh, changed. Uh, the Denver City Council, you know that they had a, they've had a 30-year ban on pit bulls? Really? 
30-year ban on owning a pit bull, well, the city council just voted to end that 30-year ban. And I'll say it again, as I said it before, pit bulls are amazing dogs. It's the owners yeah. that create I mean, the problems. Dogs are amazing dogs. Period. Yeah, it's just how you treat them. I mean, yeah, Period. some breeds are bred to you know, be a little more aggressive and be harder dogs. I have a harder breed of dog. I have a, uh, a bull terrier. It's, uh, it's a stubborn uh, dog that has, you know, some uh, quirks about it that are hard. Like, uh, for example, it's, uh, it's food aggressive. You know, it doesn't like you taking its food away from it. Um, mm-hmm. But I also don't worry about this dog killing anybody or me because we don't hey. treat it poorly. You know what I mean? Exactly. That dog's adorable, TJ. I've seen pictures. <laughs> yeah, no, she's my favorite thing on the planet. Uh, adorable. Yeah, I'm enjoying Grace. Kristen's a New German Shepherd. It's so nice having a dog around the house. Yeah. And and then and then at the office, too. It's awesome. Okay, now, uh, this is another state law that changed. I'm going to make a little joke here. Don't misinterpret it. Uh, a new bill was finally signed. TJ, did you know in Virginia that it was illegal to have sex if you're not married? Um, No, but... When's the last time that was enforced? I don't know. But now uh, a new bill could finally make it legal for unmarried people to have consensual sex in, in Virginia. No, no need to really make that uh, legal because if it's not being enforced, what's the point of the legislation? Exactly. exactly. I mean, I, I don't want to get all political here, but at the same time, like Donald Trump was acquitted of his impeachment, impeachment essentially, we all knew that that was going to happen because the Republicans controlled the Senate. What mm-hmm. was the point of going through the charade and spending millions of dollars to do so? I don't know, but there's other states that have uh, laws, interesting laws related around consensual sex and stuff, too. Well, I mean, that's these- different. You know, like, I mean, I don't I don't know what you mean by relating to consensual sex, but uh, if it I mean, I don't know, like as long as I mean. I, I guess I think I misinterpreted what you were saying a moment ago, but like m- my whole thing is this. If it is a silly law that is never enforced, why are you going to go through the motions to repeal it when all it's going to do is take time and money? Yeah, I'm I'm not arguing that point, and I'm sure nobody's really following the law <laughs> to be to, uh, basically. Or trust me. I mean, if we if someone was arrested for having sex with their girlfriend in the state of Virginia, I don't care if it's the law or not. That's going to be front page news everywhere. Yeah. So what you're saying is basically it's not being enforced. And, and so why even spend the money to change right. it? It's just, yeah. it seems silly. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. It was a headline. It caught my eye. Couldn't help but bring it up. Right. Now, here's one that I think you're going to find very interesting. A man from uh, Twinsburg, Ohio, he was expecting to receive a letter in the mail, right? So... Not only did he get a letter from the loan company, which is called College Avenue Student Loan Company, the, the company intended to send, his name is Kane, and his wife a statement for a student loan they took out for their daughter's tuition. Well, he didn't get one letter, TJ. He received 55,000 letters. What? <laughs> it was a mistake. It was, something happened. He received 79 bins of mail containing 700 copies of the same letter in each bin addressed to him. And when he saw that, he figured something was wrong. He got 55,000 letters, the same exact letter from this company, compounding the mistake. The 55,000 letters had incorrect payment amounts on them, right? So the company used the wrong interest rate to calculate the payments. I apologize for laughing, okay? No, I mean, it's hilarious. And 18 to 20 cents a letter, it costs $11,000 to mail this guy the 55,000 statements. Yeah, so a couple of things. One, that just tells me how incredibly automated everything is. Like, no one caught this. Like, the the mail, the mailman in in the post office, like, where, where this gentleman lives, just had to be like, what in the hell is going on? Second, how many trees do you think that is? That's a lot of paper. That's a lot of paper. That's a lot of paper. Now let's go into our <clears throat> weekly stupid is as stupid does. Criminals are dumb. You ready? Uh-huh. A Florida traffic stop. There's a guy gets stopped at a Florida traffic stop, right? And it turned into a surprise and it turned into a narcotics bust because they looked in the car and there was a bag. And on the bag, it said in big letters printed as if you, uh, you know, inked it on the bag formally, bag full of drugs, Right. 
It said a bag in the car with bag full of drugs. So when they looked in the bag full of drugs, it was a bag full of drugs. 75 grams of meth, 1.36 kilograms of GHB, that liquid that's kind of like the date rape drug, a gram of cocaine, 3.6 grams of fentanyl, and 15 MDMA tablets and paraphernalia for taking the drugs. Is that stupid? Stupid is a stupid does or what? I mean, I think it's stupid that you have to ask me that question. Yeah, exactly. I'm feeling stupid talking about it. I mean, my goodness. (laughs) Enough said. Enough said. Stupid is a stupid does. The Oscars happened. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, who's an extremely fine actor, nominated three times, finally wins his award for the movie Joker. Very disturbing, amazing performance in an awesome movie if you really digest it and really, you know, take it in. It's not an easy movie to watch. But it's a very fine film. Brad Pitt, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, winning his first Oscar for Best Supporting Role. As an actor, he has won it as a producer in the past. And Parasite, the Korean film, um, there is two categories, Best Foreign Film and Best Picture of the Year. Best Picture of the Year, of course, even if the foreign film was won, is about every film in the world. What is the best picture in the world? And Parasite won for, as I like to see, when a movie wins for Best Picture of the Year, the director won, the script writer won. So in turn, the movie should win, and that's exactly how it happened. Director won the Oscar, scriptwriter won the Oscar, and movie of the year. Um, have you seen? You have, I know you're not, you know, seeing a lot of movies, but did you happen to see any of these three films? I have not. No. Okay. I know you got your son. Obviously. Well, I, I generally see movies when they're released, so I will probably, and by that I mean like digital streaming. Um, so I'll yeah. probably get around to seeing all of these films. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, they're all fine films. All fine films. Right. Highly recommend them all. I've seen The Joker once, about to watch it again. I've seen uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood five times. Thank you for airplanes. And Parasite, I saw once. Definitely want to watch it again because I think I might have missed some stuff in an extremely fine film. Yeah. So I should say I did see Joker. So I, I've seen that one already. But uh, the other did two I haven't. It? Yeah. No, we, we've talked about it on the air. I loved it. Um, okay. But I uh, uh, I don't know. I, I think... I, I, like you, tend to watch a lot of things on airplanes, and it's pretty great the amount of films that are available on airplanes and the time that they are, um, you know, from, from theater to digital release. You can largely get them on, on airplanes uh, right around the same time, if not even a couple of weeks earlier on the plane. As long as you got one of those good screens, it's a pleasure. I'm not crazy about the small ones, but, you know, you get on some of these planes, they got some pretty nice screens. You can kick well, it back and... It, well, really enjoy it. If you're on United, for example, um, you can watch on your iPad. You just connect to their uh, Wi-Fi and you watch on your own personal screen. Yeah, perfect. I do that with my laptop. Christian Ronaldo, the billionaire soccer player, got a birthday surprise from his girlfriend. Nice girlfriend. You know what he got, TJ? What? <laughs> she gave him an $875,000 Mercedes for his 35th birthday. What did she do for a living? Ah, you know, let's see here. What does she have? I mean, I'm curious what she has for that kind of cash line around. It doesn't really say what she does. Um, You know, he's worth a bajillion dollars, of course. Uh, This 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 Mercedes, though, is amazing. Right. It goes from zero to 60 in two point nine seconds as eight hundred horsepower. Wow. That's That's crazy. I'm crazy. I'm I'm quite impressed that he's dating someone that. Also has that kind of money to throw around. I wonder if she's got a friend. <laughs> hmm. Just kidding. Not for you, for me. Okay. I mean, hey, yeah, no, of course. I Although I think, I think if I started dating someone that had that kind of money, I don't know if my wife would be that upset. As long as I, I shared it on the riches. Yeah, as long as you shared the equal driving rights on the car. I'm right. sure she'll bend a little bit. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, I'll take a $200,000 Mercedes. I'm not greedy. All right, TJ, this next story is like WTF. What the heck is this world coming to? Did you see this movie of this high school basketball coach violent being attacked by his own players after a game? No. Disgusting, TJ. Look, hit the link I sent you. A high school basketball coach in New Jersey in front of his, was attacked in front of his own school. It's all caught on video. It's extremely disturbing to watch. I don't know what's going to happen out of this. And I don't see where, how could there be any reason for this, even if he was spewing vile words at them. So it was uh, assault of a school employee. The victim is a coach on the basketball team. You see the coach walking away in the video when these attackers come up, throw him to the ground and put the boots to him, TJ. Not just punched, but we're hitting him with feet, boots, kicking him. I mean, for a long time. He declined medical attention when he arrived and, and uh, Detectives are investigating the incident. I'm wondering what the hell is there to investigate. 
these guys is right on film are shown attacking and violently beating a coach, much less that it was just another student. I mean, what do right. you have to figure out? Well, there could be something that, ha- pre, you know, preceded that I act, know, I know. you know, based yeah. on any number of things. So obviously there needs to be an investigation, but uh, regardless of whatever prompted this, it wasn't worth beating up your coach. No, no. So again, we'll see it all come out in the wash, but if you want to take a second, watch the video and get sick. I don't want to. I don't, I don't like to watch violence like that. Okay. Uh, USC is a Saturday, TJ. That's <laughs> not violence. And like you it. know what? I, I'm, I'm happy <laughs> that you brought that up because there is a huge difference between Big you difference. know, a violent mixed martial arts comp- competition and a crime. And, uh, you Big know, difference. That's Big why I don't watch street fights because they're crime. Oh, I, you know, I hate watching street fight videos. That's why this affected me so much. I've I, seen enough. I, I've, I've been in enough and seen enough street right. fights to know how the severity of what can right. happen. And, and I, I don't want to watch movies. I love a violent fight, but I don't, I don't think that street fights are fights. I think that they're, you know, assaults. They are assaults. If you can get arrested for it and it's violent, I'm not interested in watching it. I'm with you all the way. Absolutely. I don't want to see other people suffer at my own entertainment. No right. way. I mean, but no two way. consenting adults that are applying their trade. Sure. Let's Sport. go. Yeah. We love it. 100%. Yeah, we love it. Yeah. No question. We, we love it. We love our UFC. We love our boxing. We love our mixed martial arts. Okay. Collectible wise, Martin Luther King's uh, birthday, of course, was recently. There's a handwritten note for sale now where he shares his personal definition of love uh, to the person he's writing to. And it's signed, of course, by uh, Dr. King and um, $42,000. $42,000. It's amazing, these collectibles. But that's definitely a one of a kind, without question. No doubt. All right, TJ, I think I'm pretty much done. I'm going to be uh, doing an appearance tomorrow and then off to Auckland next week. Um, going to watch UFC Saturday. Oh, actually, no. I, my Valentine's date is Saturday, not Friday. You know why, TJ? I don't. I don't. I There's something about going out sometimes on the actual day, you know, when you have those set meals and set prices and everybody's out. Yes, it's wonderful. And I'll definitely be doing something Friday night, but my formal Valentine's Day will be on Saturday, you know, where I don't have to go through a set meal or whatever. Right. Just just go out and have a really nice evening. My wife and I tried to pick up some food on Valentine's Day a couple of years ago from the Olive Garden. Just, just not like to even go sit down. Like we just ordered it to go to bring it back to the house. They were running two hours behind schedule because it was Valentine's Day. Now Case I'm not I'm not ripping on anybody that's going to the Olive Garden for Valentine's. I just that was one of the last restaurants I expected to be overwhelmingly busy because of the holiday. Case in point. That's it. Busy. Aside from being a Friday night to begin with. Okay, one thing I want to end the show with, and I had forgotten about this. I'm sorry, I just picked this up. Two very well known actors. Uh, three actually passed away in the last week. You know how it comes in threes, TJ? That's what they say. That's, that's what they say. Uh, Kirk Douglas, the Hollywood legend, lived to 103 years old, suffered a, a very serious stroke some 20-plus years ago, came out of it, wrote another book. He's an accomplished writer. His son, of course, is the famed actor Michael Douglas. I grew up watching Kirk Douglas. He's one of my favorite actors of all time, and I think he's one of the last of the true Hollywood legends that's left and he lived to 103 years old. Good for him. Good for him. Now I know you're not a big film buff, but I would assume, of course, you know who Kirk Douglas is. 100%. Okay. Did you ever watch the wild, wild West TV show when you were a kid? No, that was not on TV when I was a kid. Yeah. The star of that show. And this is in my age group. And you know, I would say anywhere from 40 up, uh, we'll pretty well, you know, we'll have no, uh, who Robert Conrad is, but uh, he used to live near me out in Malibu. He was a very well-known actor. Baba Black Sheep, um, I think it was called Baba Black Sheep, was the World War II film where there were fighter pilots in the Pacific. He was the star of that. But his big claim to fame was the Wild Wild West, which was remade into a film with Will Smith uh, some years ago. And he passed away too. And another actor, comedian, again, older, 90 years old, and this is very horrific. His name is Orson Bean. He used to give me a lot of entertainment when I was younger. Very funny man. He, here near me in Venice, was walking across the street at 90, was hit by a car, and he passed oh, away last week, no. too. Yeah, the, the word is he was not on a crosswalk, but it's just a hell of a way to go. Healthy at 90 and going out like that. So I want to send my best wishes and condolences to the family and loved ones of all these three fine entertainers, uh, the legendary Kirk Douglas, Robert Conrad, and Orson Bean. 
all the best to you all, gentlemen, and to your families. And with that, TJ, um, I would like you to go ahead and let the world know what's happening with you. How was Invicta last week? Everything was good? Yeah, it was great. Uh, you can watch it now, archived, encore, uh, anytime, on demand at UFC Fight Pass. Check that out. Follow me on Twitter, at TJ DeSantis, if you'd like more mixed martial arts uh, podcasts. Uh, if, if a billion available on the internet weren't enough, uh, you can check out the ones that I produce at uh, <laughs> patreon.com forward slash between rounds. There you go. You heard it, folks. That's the man, the producer of podcasts. And let me tell you something. He's a hell of a producer. Why? I've been working with him for 11 years. There's got to be a reason. Been a long time, Buff. Been a long time and more to come. More to come. All right, everybody. Again, uh, enjoy the show this weekend. I will not be this weekend in the Octagon, but I will be in Auckland, New Zealand. Very much looking forward to that and getting on down there. Uh, everybody check me out on Instagram, which is at Bruce Buffer UFC, Twitter at Bruce Buffer, and of course, BruceBuffer.com, where you can go to order your championship introductions, birth of babies, voicemails, you name it, I do it, weddings, your wish is my command. Just check it out at BruceBuffer.com. We are busy as heck doing these for you, and we love everyone that we're doing. We're being inundated with orders. Thank you so much. Again, partial proceeds do go to military, children, and animal charities of my choice. Uh, with that being said, I wish everybody a great week. TJ, I wish you a great week. We'll be back next week with another edition of It's Time Radio. Everybody, set your goals. Write them down. Learn about them before you set on that path. So when you do walk out on that path, you can be the best you can be. Because if you're doing that, that means you're winning. That's what we're about here on It's Time Radio. It's about being the best you can be, winning, enjoying, being happy, prosperous. And, of course, as the good doctor said earlier, doing the best you can to stay healthy so you can enjoy all the fruits of your labor. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Buffer out. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com.